are Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a January 6th Saturday edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I am your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson, editor and writer at LeBron Wire, part of the USA Today NBA Wire sites, and former Blazer beat writer at the Vancouver Columbian, and of course your host here on Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here for another episode of the show, we did not have one immediately after the game last night, the reason why. I had to work the game last night. It was awesome to be there. Uh, I was covering the game for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And it was uh, uh, good to see, uh, you know, the Blazers, you know, do what they needed to do. They It wasn't necessarily the most entertaining game uh, from a suspense standpoint. But the Blazers had a lot of good moments. It was good to see them a little bit closer. It was good to, you know, see what's going on with them and once again they had a pretty good night offensively in 2018 and uh, we're only six days in here to the month uh, to the year but uh for you know the blazers have played well offensively in every game that they have played so far in the new year and that carried over into yesterday's win over the atlanta hawks the blazers won 110-89, avenging a 15-point loss last week in Atlanta. They had Dame, which they did not have last Saturday. But as I said after that game, Dame or no Dame, see, you know they're better than the Hawks. They even without Dame, CJ McCollum is better than anybody on the Hawks by a pretty wide margin, and. They they dropped one, and the Blazers kind of knew that. They they came out and they you know knew that they dropped one in Atlanta and that they really needed this game. And you know it it felt like uh, that w- this was one that they needed to win. I think Jason Quick before the game had a really you know good feel for it. Was that the you know I think fans have started to kind of check out, and it's not been. A season where there's been a lot of fun things to see. The Blazers have been a good defense. It's been interesting, in my opinion, as someone who watches the team closely. But, you know, in terms of entertainment value for the Blazers this season, they haven't been very entertaining. Their offense has not been fun to watch. They haven't really moved the ball well. Uh, Nurkic has had a rough season scoring the ball. CJ has missed some shots that he normally makes. And, uh, you know, Harkless has been missing shots that he normally makes and, and, and things like that. And uh, last night, Harkless gets a DNP. Uh, but I the rest of the Blazers lineup was balanced with Dame out there. Everyone kind of did their part. Seven players scored in double figures in the game for the Blazers. CJ McCollum had 20 points, six assists, eight of 13 from the field. So he had it going. Uh, 
more than he has had going recently. And then in the third quarter, Al Farouk Aminu really had his moment in the game. He had 11 of his 14 points in the third quarter and doing it a little bit of everything. Kind of like I said, after the Chicago game, when he made some plays late that, you know, and throughout the game that he made some big threes towards the end, but then throughout the game, he had some nice moments with the ball in his hands. He looks way more comfortable attacking the basket. He looks a lot more in control attacking the basket this year. And uh, at times in the past two seasons when he had looked rushed or it looked like he was forcing it, you know, now he's starting to look comfortable. And this is, uh, I guess this is the, you know, the the player development uh, playing out right before our eyes. And, and it's going to have growing pains. And, and I think last year with Aminu, working on his handle, trying to get to the basket, trying to do more things than just being a spot-up shooter, which I think was the reason he really wanted to work on his ball handling because he shot the three well a couple seasons ago. Then he didn't shoot the ball well, and, and one of the things I, I thought was is that, hey, he's not he's not looking for the three-point shot. He's trying to create too much was what I was saying last year, but this is, again, you know, Something to remember about this Blazers team is that they're a young team and these guys are not finished products. And and this is kind of with not being able to get marquee free agents normally, like this is one of the ways that you can create improvement within your team. And it's going to have its bad moments like a lot of last year with Aminu offensively. But this season, he uh, has done a lot better creating off closeouts when guys chase, you know, chase him for the three last night, he was one of six from three, but he still had a major offensive impact on the game. He had 14 points, three assists, did a lot of different stuff that, uh, previously we weren't really used to seeing from him, at least with a lot of success. And I think that was my biggest takeaway from the game. Nurkic, you had a, a a better game after he kind of got into it with Torian Prince in the second quarter, but I think the the development of Aminu has been one of the best stories, if not the best story, because Aminu being good at that three at that three four position, mostly at the four, is huge for the Blazers. And if he can continue to excel in that role, he and Evan Turner have been playing well together in that starting lineup. That starting unit has played well, and it seems like they've found something there because, as I mentioned on the podcast with Corbin, their point differential is excellent with Turner, Aminu, Nurkic, CJ, and Dame. And now they've got to figure out the back ends of the rotation and and for the most part yesterday against the Hawks who are not a good team they're the worst team in the league it looked good but uh you know can't put too much stock into this game ultimately however because uh like I said it is the Hawks they're the worst team in the league and probably the the biggest reason why this game is noteworthy is that the Blazers screwed up and lost a game that they shouldn't have lost in Atlanta a couple weeks ago but they, they get a win at home, which has been elusive for the Blazers this season. 
They've really struggled at home for whatever reason. They've struggled offensively for, uh, you know, a lot of reasons. The, the lack of being able to shoot from Turner, who hit two three-pointers last night. And, and Nurkic's struggles around the basket ha- have really hurt as well. And Nurkic's struggles on the post and, and taking probably a little too many long two-pointers. Things like that ha- have hurt. But the, the Blazers get a, a really important win at home. One that they should win. And... Uh, these are the type of games like last night that have kind of escaped them. You, you think back to the Brooklyn loss at home. Uh, th- that was, you know, one of those games where you're like, wow, you, the Blazers really, you know, screwed that up. You think about the game at Sacramento that they lost. Uh, they've had just a lot of head scratchers this year throughout the season, and they avoided one last night in the victory over the Atlanta Hawks. Now, they have they had a day of rest today, uh, treatment and all that stuff, and then tomorrow Sunday night they face off against the San Antonio Spurs once again. So Lamarcus and Co will be back in town. Uh, perhaps Kawhi Leonard goes in that one, which is not a good thing for the Blazers. But at the same time, uh, it's not as if going against the Spurs is easy, even when Kawhi Leonard is not in the lineup. But wanted to take a quick break to let you know that if you wanted to take some action on the Blazers and Spurs game or if you wanted to get in on the action for the NFL playoffs, I know my guy Marcus Mariota just won a playoff game. Huge upset. So if you bet on the Titans, I'm sure you're excited. And it's playoff time. The national championship is on Monday. And it's time to get in on the action with my bookie. Are you sick of trying to get the runaround to ask for your payout? MyBookie.ag gets you the money as soon as you win, and it's the hookup for all your betting needs, and you can even deposit using Bitcoin. Where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on, and if you want to make money betting on the NFL playoffs, the national championship game, or you want to try your hand at some NBA, you got to go to MyBookie.ag. They're the only site I'd recommend. I trust them, but you don't have to take my word for it. Check them out for yourself. They have odds on every matchup, as well as live betting for the NFL playoffs, the national championship game, for the NBA, college basketball, whatever you want. And join now. My bookie will match your deposit with up to a 50% bonus. Use promo code LOBLAZERS to activate the offer. That's promo code LOBLAZERS to activate the offer. Visit mybookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. If you're going to bet, the only place to do it is at mybookie.ag. So go have fun at at mybookie. Great partner for us. And yeah, uh, one other thing to touch on here uh, about that came out after last night's game Jason Quick uh, with the story after the game discussing Terry Snotts and, and, and the hold that he has on the locker room and the support that he still has. And uh, he talked to Dame last night, and, and Dame said that it, it's 100% the team is behind Terry Stotts. It's, he says it's not his fault, and... 
it, I mean, it, it's it's good to see Dame backing up kind of what we've been saying that I, I don't think what's been happening has been any fault of Terry Stotts. He continuously preaches tempo and ball movement and flow, and the Blazers' offense has been good for such a long time that I don't think it's, you know, the lack of offensive flow and the lack of offensive success for the Blazers has anything to do with Terry Stotts uh, because this team has been coached to be a great offense before, and I don't think you you can just say that I don't think it really reflects on Stotts and uh, the Blazers really focused on defense and training camp. It's something they really focused on, and the offense just hasn't come. But as Corbin and I talked about on the last episode, if you had to pick a tough spot to be in, and the Blazers are still above 500, they're in the playoff race right now, they're in the playoff picture if it ended today. If you had to pick a spot to be where things are obviously imperfect, I think Figuring out the defense and waiting for the offense to come around is probably the best position to be in if you're really trying to win games, uh, string wins together for a good stretch and, and make a run at that four, five, six range in the playoffs. Uh, I, I think Portland's chances of reeling off some games and just getting red hot, CJ getting hot, Dame getting hot. Uh, at the same time, you know, all, all these things clicking, that is a pretty, uh, that's a more likely scenario, I think, than if Portland hadn't figured out the defense, and then you're saying, okay, well, they need to figure out the defense, and uh, I, I, they, I, I believe, can figure it out, but uh, there's been a lot of pressure, there's been a lot of perceptions that Terry Stotts is on the hot seat that that with the pressures and the losses and the disappointment the home record all these things and a lot of people thinking that uh you know he could be a scapegoat even if he's not the reason why and there's been a lot of speculation all to this point and uh Damian Lillard you know doesn't want to hear any of it and he's always had Stotts's back I mean this goes back to uh, his rookie year when Stotts gave him the keys to the offense, trusted him to be a playmaker, trusted him to play through mistakes that maybe, you know, and, and Dame also earned that. But uh, being not your typical rookie with him being able to do a lot of stuff, but Stotts trusted in him from day one what to do. And uh, I think that trust has continued uh, throughout their relationship and uh, I, I really think that it, it's a good reflection of, of the culture within the Blazers that you know they all mostly they you know they all have each other's back at least you know the players and and coach Terry Stott so uh, good good piece good reporting from Jason Quick after the game for uh, NBC Sports Northwest but the it was interesting to see the Blazers up close to see what it's like. You know, it, it has been kind of hard, and, and it is weird. You know, Nurkic, Nurkic really does you know get fired up when he when someone gets into it with him, and uh, he he becomes a much more effective player. And I gotta say, Nurk didn't just do good stuff last night. I want to give a shout out to Zach Collins who uh, played 
really well in his minutes. I thought uh, the stat sheet doesn't really probably show all that he did, but he had four points, six rebounds, two assists, and a block and a steal. Uh, he had one really great sequence in the second quarter where he had a block, an offensive rebound, an assist for a three in trans off the offensive rebound, and you know you see that and you start to see okay, you can start to see how he can help the Blazers and. He's pretty competent with the ball in his hands. You know, he's not going to knock guys off the spot uh, when he's posting up, but he can really uh, create out of the post, make plays when he gets doubled, and and really you know look out for his teammates and 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 be something of an offensive creator uh, in situations where the Blazers kind of need that, especially now that Evan Turner is on the the first unit. And they're, they're going to need some help out there uh, creating it. And Noah Vonley, you know, he hasn't played much this season. but And, and he had a, a, a pretty decent stint. Got five rebounds in his garbage time minutes yesterday. But, you know, I can see why Collins is playing. And, you know, Vonley has been strong. He has played well. He and Nurk have played well together. And, and they... But... The way Aminu has played, you can't bench Aminu. And Collins has shown flashes that he can help you. And I've always been a big fan of Vonley, but I'm not necessarily sure that what he's shown you has guaranteed him a spot over seeing what Collins can potentially do when you traded two picks to get him. So I, I kind of see them trying to figure out that investment and trying to figure out what they can do with Collins. And unfortunately for Vonley, he's been the odd man out. And uh, that's that's how it goes. And, you know, Vonley hasn't been playing much. Myers Leonard hasn't been playing much. And, and that's just kind of how it goes sometimes. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think that there's really, in terms of the big man rotation, I'm not necessarily sure uh, there's anything much that's going to change. And Maurice Harkless... Uh, still struggled, and and frankly, you know, if Evan Turner continues to play well, if Connaughton continues to play well, uh, then you know, t- Terry Stotts is going to need a reason to go back to to Harkless. I think is what's going to happen is there's going to have to be something happening with either with Napier or Connaughton or Collins or mostly Napier and and Connaughton and even Evan Turner before he probably gets back into the rotation. So we'll see uh, what happens with Mo Harkless, but it is really interesting right now what's going on with him because uh, he has he was, he was a really big plus for them last year. He's been a big plus for them when he's gotten an opportunity. Their best moments in the past couple of seasons have been with Harkless, but that was a team that had Alan Crabb, uh, a guy that defenses respected, from the three, and I think even more so than uh, percentages, I think the threat that a guy has and and the respect that one commands, like Crab did, has 
uh, a bigger effect on the offense than even just making the shots. I think the threat of shooting for the health of the offense, for the spacing to get uh, driving lanes for Dame and CJ, I think for that type of stuff, I think it's even bigger than just a percentage, and, and, and teams respected him. And so, uh, and, and that's not here this year. So we can't necessarily say, you know, Harkless's best moments, you know, or the Blazers' best moments were with Harkless without considering that. Sometimes those moments happen with Alan Crabb on the floor, Alan Crabb on the team, and uh, he's not here. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with Harkless, but it's a really interesting thing to watch. You know, he and Myers Leonard both on uh, you know pretty long-term deals. They both still have two years left after this season, and uh, they've basically been squeezed out of the rotation. And uh, that is definitely going to be something to watch as the season progresses. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Subscribe, tell your friends, leave us a five-star review if you'd be so kind. Use my bookie. Uh, Have fun Uh, the rest of the weekend. The Blazers play the Spurs tomorrow night at the Moda Center. So we will have coverage after that. But keep it locked on here. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on Alexa. You can find us on everywhere that has podcasts. You can find us. So subscribe to the podcast. Find it. Tell your friends. And keep listening. We'll be back after the Spurs game on Sunday.